0: Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional.
1: I'm recording, so yeah. I have tape to defend I- myself in for, court. For,
2: to preserve this evidence for uh, future endeavors is, is what I'm doing.
1: No, no, uh, no. You've destroyed all evidence, Steve. That's, that's, that's true. That's true. You've got to do that, or I will send the world's meanest lawyer after you, like the Brianna Wu 2018 Is that campaign. Rocket? Like you've, what? No, it's Frank. Oh, I figured, it would be ro- I figured Rocket was the world's no. meanest lawyer. I think
3: that Rocket might scare... Yeah. Uh, steve moore right
1: probably yeah
3: you could just like like you know stick a little tiny uh, nerf gun on his
1: back her her back yes her we her could back. do that we could do that we could yeah. do that
2: yeah i mean that uh, uh, she she dispenses a lot of rough justice i, I would imagine so
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Rough>
0: <laughs> justice lord have mercy. rough
3: justice yeah rough
0: justice is scat-
1: R- a logical humor steve because rocket no. does not poop in my house <laughs> She's the one dog that doesn't do that.
3: So yeah. I don't think that was scatological. I think it was dad humor. Yeah, that like was a dad. Rough, that rough, was a dad joke rough, is what
2: that was. You
3: know.
1: I don't. Rough. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't do dad jokes. Yeah. I don't <laughs> subscribe to that lifestyle no, Steve. No. Yeah.
0: Hey, Georgia, or happy to
1: have you back. Yeah.
3: Thank you. I'm happy to be back.
2: And happy Canadian Thanksgiving in advance, by the way.
3: Thank you
1: very much.
2: Yeah. Okay, so I've
1: it's got a question for early. you, Georgia. I got to know this. Okay, so Republicans this week, uh, the House passed a law that would basically criminalize abortions after 20 weeks. And I heard that you guys had some ridiculous, stupid law in Canada that like does the same thing after 25 weeks. Is that true?
3: Not that I know of.
1: That See, that, okay.
3: Right. I don't think so. Who said that? I've never... Uh,
1: yeah, a Canadian. I've never
3: heard of some Canadian law that... I um abortion is not criminalized here at all like some you're not going to go to yeah like it might be uh not like legalized so you might get fined no one's gone to jail for it
1: okay okay well let's start the show let's start the show okay Um, (laughs) that's your job dude
0: (laughs) yeah let's see how
1: do we go from
0: abortion laws in canada to robotic cat hello and welcome
1: to disruption i'm your host like, come on, we do this every week. Yeah, We never, we never do
0: introductions. <laughs> yeah. I'd, uh, when is – Steve is the last person to do an introduction on this
1: show. I think uh, we should have introductions. It, like, this is how Simone manages both Christina and I who like to talk too much. <laughs> like, she just will start going, hello, I'm walking to Rocket, and then it's over. Ah, uh, so, I see. So the, the yeah. intro
0: gets cut off by, yep. by uh, Simone. See, well, yeah, hello, so I mean Simone does, welcome. you know, wield hello, the, the, cludget, Steve, the cudgel. Steve, I said hello, so oh. you have to stop talking. I said goodbye. Um, <laughs> you, you're still going. How is he still talking?
1: Meow. Isn't this like a Beatles uh, song or something? He-
0: hello. Hello. And welcome to Disruption. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, Senior Editor at iMore. And I am joined by some folks who wanted to do an introduction this week. So, uh, <laughs> up first, we have... Georgia Dow, who is back with us, also a senior editor and a psychoanalyst in Canada. Georgia Dow,
1: how's it going?
3: I'm happy to be back. I've missed you guys. Well, we
2: missed you. We missed you, too, Good Georgia.
1: You, we missed you, too, Mad we Gear.
2: <laughs> <Ooh>.
1: <laughs> Georgia, we, Mad Gear you. Dow. Mad Dow. Left, I, I had to Micah rescue Micah from out. drowning
2: last week on the show, Georgia and you were nowhere parts. to be found. Yep. Mad Gear Dow. <laughs> Mad yeah, Gear Dow. Where were you,
0: rescue diver?
3: I, I was uh, I was taking care of my mom to the hospital, so.
0: Oh crud! She's okay. <laughs> now now now, both Steve and I feel bad because you know we tried to guilt you about saving me from drowning. No, I, uh, I have no morals so, left. It's <laughs> I don't fine.
3: think that you guys feel bad. <laughs> well, you,
0: you, well. Anyway, let's move on <laughs> to introduce uh, candidate for U.S. House of Representatives in Massachusetts, Brianna Wu. How you doing?
1: What's up? You can call me Mad Gear. Mad Gear Woo. Mad Mad Gear Woo. That's it. And
0: Wait, what was George's?
1: Mad Gear. Also Mad Gear. Oh, goodness.
0: Mad Gear Dow. Mad Gear Woo. That's right. And last but not least, some sort of uh, technological coding security wizard for Big Shoe. We still don't know exactly what he does because he won't tell us. So probably works for the government and like stops crime-fighting beavers uh, it is the one and only madgear lubitz
2: I, I, steve well you see my, micah as a hearthstone legend player i i feel like i need to get a better title than madgear like i think that's a little bit below my status as a hearthstone legend player. shaman um yeah sh- i don't know yeah, what the different uh, ranks are yeah shaman shaman suck though you know let, let's let's oh <laughs>
0: Uh
2: Goo Blaster. Goob- Steve what Steve What what are you doing? Micah, Micah Sarge Horatio Sargent. What what is with this naming naming game? This Spell is not good. Slinger. Spell Slinger.
1: <laughs> like happy Gear. Stuff. Happy
0: Gear. There you go. There you happy Gear. gear. <gasps> Gears of Cards. Okay. Gears of cards. <laughs> uh, everybody's
1: here. Cards, of war. Here. cards, cards of, of war. Cards of cards of cards of, of war. Of war. Uh, the, the one and only. How about we call? War. How about we call you Blackjack Steve? <laughs> that's your new nickname. I love it, Blackjack, Blackjack.
2: Steve. I, I feel like I need an eye patch if I'm if you're going to call me Blackjack. Like I need to. I'm, well, I mean, I have glasses, that. but that's not him, quite you know like piratey enough, you know. You just have to
0: shine a light on them right before you start because they're probably transition lenses. So then the whole time you're playing poker, but then you're like, hold on, I got to take a sun break," And you shine a light back on them, and then you go back to playing no, poker. No, that's why you, you have the eye patch face. so that
2: you can go below decks and you can still see and you, see and you switch the eye. That's the deal. <laughs> yes, I, I did hear that about pirates. You know what pirates love? Cats. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wow, that was... The best oh, segue that was you've so ever done. so bad.
3: I love it. <laughs> that was the worst segue and the best segue all in one. Pirates love do you know? Cats. Can you do it again? Can you do it again? Yeah, I yeah, just yeah, want to yeah, hear yeah. that segue again. You know what pirates love? Cats?
0: Cats is what they love, George. I Dale. love that love you didn't cats. even
3: wait for us to, to say what, what do they love? And then you say cats. You answered your own question. Look, it's because I'm
0: segue. so sure of myself. I know what pirates love. Cats. Cats. <laughs> Um, oh. that, you know, but but some people can't have some pirates are allergic to cats. And what do they do mm. when you know they're trying mm. to like that when when they want when they need some therapy but they're living on a boat, so it's really expensive to go to anxiety-videos.com right. and get help there. Obviously, they bring along their robotic cat without a head yeah. uh-huh. and, a, and a waggy wag tail that responds to strokes. What? Uh, in Circuit Breaker, we'll uh, include a link in the show notes, there is a headless robotic cat pillow called headless Kubo. Pillow. That's Q-O-O-B-O. It's a little round cushion. It's got a robotic tail. And when you pet it, much like a Furby, it responds. And it comes in husky gray and French brown. Steve ah, Lubitz. Husky gray. How many husky gray cats are you going to pick uh, up? I'm
2: more of a French brown kind of guy, Really?
3: Right, right, I, I mean, get that. that's your middle name,
2: Obviously. isn't it? Steve French Brown Lubitz. Well, okay, so, uh, you know, some of us <laughs> would li- still like the experience of petting a cat without the uh-huh. swollen eyes and stuffy nose that go along with actually a cat, you know, disp- depositing their dander all over the place. So I, I, I actually, like, I put this in, like, as a lighthearted thing, but, like, the more I think about it, I actually... Kind of would love something like this to like, you know, like how how relaxing is it to just pet a cat and then not have to feed it or, you know, have to clean up after it just kind of, you know, get get that emotional reaction to, you know, petting a cat and, and relieve your anxiety and then, you know, go about your business. You can do that with a real cat. It just will get you in trouble. Well, yeah, then then the government gets involved. Nobody wants that. I mean, that's...
1: All right, this is going to hurt my campaign, but let's just be honest here, okay? <laughs> All cats kid. are in the thrall of Lucifer. I know it, and you know it. They, they are. And mm-hmm. I love the idea of a cat, because like, cats are cute, even yeah. though one nearly uh, killed me when they gave me cat scratch fever when I was eight years old and I nearly died. But other than bad. that small incident, I will agree cats are cute but like I don't want one in my home because I'm terribly allergic to them and also one tried to kill me when I was a child so like (laughs) I'm really into this idea of this pillow and the other reason of this is so like the story of how we got Rocket is I go look give me I'm about to use an ableist word here so forgive me but I go look give me the craziest dog that you've got okay I want just the bananas dog and they gave that to me so Rocket's great if you want to like tear through a door or like you know like destroy something or like leap on your head when like you're on the couch uh but she's not very cuddly so i would like this cat pillow just so i can have something to cuddle with at night because like my dog's not into that
2: yeah i mean you don't always need your pet to be able to breach and clear like you you sometimes you just want to be able to pet you know a furry a furry puffball and not have it claw your eyes out. And, and, you know. Right, exactly. And and it's not mobile, so it's not going to kill you in your sleep like a Boston uh, Boston Dynamics robot dog. I mean, this is like the best of both worlds.
1: It also doesn't have the toxoplasmosis in its poop, which, like, you know, is a parasite that will invade your brain and permanently change your personality. Like, this robot probably won't have that, though maybe it will come in Gen 2 so you can get the whole cat experience. (laughs) 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 Mm-hmm.
2: That, that you know, that's gotta I, be uh, the worst computer virus ever. I would imagine. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I I was um, like at first I I thought about it and I thought that's this is really stupid. Like that was my thought process to it. It's just really <laughs> dumb because like the thing that people like about cats is not just that they they can pet them. It's um, that, you know, they make a purring noise and they're affectionate and it's actual love, not a computer. And then I remembered I had the Tamagotchi and I had a Furby, <laughs> which entertained me quite a deal. Um, and I have a nice soft pillow that's in my office that, that kind of has ruffles in and people like to kind of like embrace that. Um, so then I went, you know what? It may not be a horrible idea. It's creepy that it doesn't have a head. So they chose to give it a tail. Um, But no head, which is weird. I don't understand that choice to it because why wouldn't you put little tiny stubby paws and a cute little face on it? Right. Like you could stick a little face or even two little dots. Like I don't know. Yeah. Something. Because it's not really a cat. It's a pillow with a tail that – you have to, now, okay, so, anyway, so a lot of people would say, like, listen, it's, you know, also cats are difficult to take care of, and so this pillow would be easier, some people are allergic, but you have to
2: recharge this pillow after eight hours. I, I have to recharge wow. my headphones eight, now that Apple took my, now, took my headphone jack away, you know, I mean, eight that's, that's hours. a commitment. <laughs> that's
3: if a you commitment. can't, if you can't take care of a cat, or a dog, because if you can't have a cat, you can have a dog, if you can't have a dog, you can have a guinea pig, if, if you're allergic to everything, you can have a pig, so... You have chosen no animals. Good to know. Is what you're saying. Um, and, yeah, pigs have skin like us. They're pretty hypoallergenic. Anyways, that's why we use them for a lot of organ transplants. And uh, anyways. Um, oh, joy. But this this you have to charge after eight hours. Eight hours. I sometimes forget to charge my phone.
0: I have to charge like after eight hours. Like, how long are you petting this phone? I pillow. can only remember myself.
3: It's on all the time. But I mean, you're not petting always, it all the time. It just kind of you sits don't want to have to
0: like flip a switch on it and be like, okay, now my kitty pillow's on. You just want that thing to be on and ready to like wag its little taily tail, whatever you're feeling. It, it, it
3: moves from vibration, so if this is on your couch and you're moving, it's going to be every once in a while, like moving. I think that the best thing this would be for other cats. <laughs> this is like the perfect cat toy. This is like this is like Cat Westworld. This is not Cat West World. <laughs> cat West World. That
0: they don't look. This thing doesn't look anything like a cat. If it looked like a cat, maybe it would be Cat West World. <laughs> but also, these cats aren't like designed to do horrible, horrible things to humans, or let, rather, to let humans do horrible, horrible things to them. This is supposed to fix all of your problems with with its. With its little waggy tail, everything that's ever been wrong in your life is going. If if you are in debt, if you need a pick me up, then this cat is going to heal you. That's what the that's what it says. So it must be true. You pet. I mean, this it's cat. like it's like cat
1: methadone, right? <laughs> yes, like, <laughs> it's <like> cat methadone.
0: <laughs> You feeling down? Pet this little cat methadone pillow. I mean, that's right, better than drugs. Right.
1: You know, that sounds well, like, it, you know, it could also help wean cat people and help get them onto the more healthy dog. Like, you know, we could. I love it. I love it. That's yep. exactly what this is. This is a transition. Yep. This is how you this is a, a, transition a transitional handle. experience for, for for I just um, want I I just want cat people to live their best life. You know what I mean? I just want you to like, you know, Which get in a better relationship. Is what you're saying? Exactly. I just say cats are in the thrall of Satan. Like I've, I've never like cats are cute, but I also like evil looking things. So like when I see a cat, I'm like, oh, that that wants to kill me. I mean, come on, tell me I'm wrong.
3: You Well, I was going to say that you actually have had a really negative experience. So that that is
1: kind of true for you. Do you know what cat scratch fever is? I forget like the yes. scientific name for this, but like, yes, it really did. Like, I got, it really I was is. In, used, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, it was terrible. Like I got clawed by a cat and I was in the hospital and I nearly died. I remember yeah. being scared I was never going to walk again. So yeah, maybe my fear of cats is based on some facts. So
0: right. Yeah, I have a feeling that even this pillow would just trigger my allergies because I'm so convinced. They're like, Nope, I'm allergic to this thing, too, because it looks too
2: much like a like, cat. Like a cat placebo.
3: It doesn't look that much like a cat. It has
2: it no doesn't. head. I mean, it looks like a cat from a certain angle. I have never seen a cat look like that. This it is looks like looks a headless like cat.
1: Garfield got stuck in a waffle maker. And <laughs> 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 it's
3: because it's, it's perfectly round as well. Like, it's really... It's really a strange idea. It's like if I saw this in someone's house, I would be
2: creeped out. It's true.
0: It's a hundred dollars, too. Can we talk about how this is This is like the juicero of weird animatronics.
2: <laughs> Wait how many how many Alexa devices do you own? You know what, Steve
0: <laughs> I've had enough of you.. <laughs>
2: Already. <laughs> you're,
0: coming, you're coming out with your. You just like. You got to ease in with those claws, man. But you just no, like.
2: Started I'm like the a cat. Show. I'm, I'm going to take the claws out. I'm going to go for the throat. That's my job. Micah,
1: you're talking about blackjack lubits <laughs> sure. here. Come blackjack, on. Lubits, Come on. Blackjack lubits.
0: You're, you're, you know what? Like, you know what pirates love? Cats. <laughs> okay um, do we have anything else to say about this non-cat cat pillow that i'm gonna is buy one like i'm gonna
1: buy one i'm gonna travel with it and i'm gonna oh love it oh my god okay, I'm, gonna so I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna sit
2: in my living room and i'm gonna stroke my robot cat's fur and i'm gonna <sighs> listen to my home pod playing apple music and I'm, with going you on to airplanes. Just, I'm just gonna be I'm gonna say content something as a, and it's as a really, clam
3: it's really politically incorrect Oh god, um, go for oh, it! But I'm yes. going to say it anyways. Go for
0: like,
1: it. Like,
3: this is this is a great way to be alone forever. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> 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 Fine with that. Thanks, be, Georgia.
1: It would Thanks, be way Georgia. too
3: much. That would be. I would look and I would go. Oh my god! It would it would freak me out if I saw this, this cat pillow. So <laughs> I would. Forever. It's a. It is. It's it's don't don't buy it guys if anyone like buy it as a as a joke (laughs)
2: luckily for me georgia i've i've been happily married for 15 years and i maureen has seen me do way more troubling you know make make way more troubling purchases than a than a half cat so yeah (laughs) half cats
3: i love it that should be the next Name. Half, the cat.
2: half Cat. Right now it's called Kubo.
0: So I think, or Kubo, I feel like Half Cat is is a much it's better name. Definitely. It's, like, it's a better name. It's like a decaf cat. A decaf um,
1: cat. Yeah. If Frank hasn't divorced me over some of the other stuff I've done, he's not going <laughs> to divorce me over a cat pillow. So, and here's the thing like, I travel so much and I want to bring Rocket with me. I can't bring Frank because, like, he should probably stay employed. Like, I don't know. I want, like, companionship to come with me sometime. So. Yeah.
3: Okay, if one of you guys get it, I want to see video of people's reaction uh, to when you bring it around. That's all I want. I, yeah, I, will, I yeah. will
2: send you video messages from Half Cat Westworld, and and it will be lovely. <laughs> Airplanes oh. with
0: without like assigned seating, and you sit down, and you think you might have the seat to yourself, and then someone comes and sits down next to you, and you're this like, "This would be no, enough to keep it." Yes, oh, get yes, this cat pillow onto the plane. You sit down on the outside ro- on the inside row, like you know, near the, the, the aisle, and then they see that you have this creepy cat pillow, and then they don't want to sit
2: next to you because you have your your half cat. This could be this could be my life hack for riding the train. That's it. I, I, you know, cause right now I put my backpack on the seat next to me to, and put my headphones oh. on to dissuade people from sitting next to me. And I could just put that there and nobody's going to want to go anywhere near me. They're going to go onto another car. I'm going to have the whole car to myself. It's going to be glorious. The whole
0: car will be to you. Yeah. Yes. This is a human repellent is what this is. Fantastic. not anything other
2: than that. I'll buy 20. I will, <laughs> I will, I will buy whatever it is at like the gold level of Kickstarter rewards. Like sign they me up. They just
1: needed us as marketers is all. That's so sad for you, Steve. I feel sorry that you've lost your your love of humanity like that. Wow. Working in IT
2: for a decade and a half will do that to you.
3: Wait, Steve's love of humanity? Sorry.
1: Well, yeah, because
2: he's repelling
0: humans from sitting next to him about the, tre- on the yeah, train. Yeah, but isn't
3: that that's just Steve?
0: Oh no, I totally would use it for that as well.
3: <laughs> no, I'm just saying that's Steve. Yeah, there's no loss yeah. here. He's Oh, that's just... I
0: see the joke now. It's as if he's always had no love
2: for yeah. humanity, and that's what makes it funny. <laughs>
3: okay, it wasn't funny. I've been gone for a while.
2: Uh, I'm gonna I'm charge sorry, you double Georgia? for admission into to Half Cat Westworld, Georgia. That that's
3: fair. You know, I, I we, we've it. spent we've
0: spent at least 15 minutes talking about Half Cat. You and... know why?
3: We're avoiding the next topics.
0: Well, it, it put a smile on my face, though, and so I want to tell you about some friends of ours. Uh, this episode of Disruption happens to be brought to you by the PDF Pin family from yeah. Smile. Yeah did you hear that that was all four of us smiling at once PDF pin equips you with everything you need for more powerful PDF editing and with the PDF pin family you can get everything you need for more PDF mastery with PDF pin on all your devices I wonder if that includes your half cat and now PDF pin scan plus and the all-new PDF pin 3 for iPad and iPhone is the ultimate PDF editing tool it is your Swiss army knife your half cat of PDF and just like a Swiss army knife you can take take that essential tool with you. You can add notes, comments, and cloud annotations and HalfCat annotations to your PDF documents and even fill out and sign interactive PDF forms all while on the go. And the new PDF Pin 3 is fully equipped for iOS 11 with drag and drop, making it even easier to get text and images of HalfCat in and out of your PDFs. With a PDF Pin Scan Plus, you can add scanning and OCR to your mobile toolkit, making those dreaded tasks like scanning receipts a Total breeze. And guess what? The latest release of PDF Pin has some great new features. You're gonna be able to reopen documents at the same window size and position as when they were last closed. So if you kind of like things in control, there you go. You can create PDFs and export them to Word and back to PDF. You can set custom keyboard shortcuts in PDF Pin or PDF Pin Pro, and you can add bookmarks so you can get right back to where you were before. Now, if you've been thinking about going paperless, now is the time to do it. Stop the scanning the printing, the signing, and the faxing of documents. Get the PDF Pin Family today and get more from your PDF editing. Add text and graphics, make corrections, do all the things you want to do with PDFs that have been made difficult in the past. See what the PDF Pin Family can do for you. Get everything you need for more powerful PDF editing. And here's how you do it. You're gonna to go to smilesoftware.com/slash podcast. That's that thing you're listening to right now. And you're gonna let them know that you came from right here on Disruption. Thank you so much to the PDF Pen family and our friends at Smile for their support of our show. All right. Well, it is uh time to get going into what is just an absolute uh, well, a magnum opus in terms of, of of an article that's been put together uh, over on BuzzFeed News. Uh, the the title of the article, if you've not come across it, is "Here's How Breitbart and Milo Smuggled Nazi and White Nationalist Ideas into the Mainstream." This is a bunch of documents, a bunch of emails and correspondence between uh, Bannon, between Milo, and between other members of not only the Breitbart team, but other uh, alt-right leaders and uh, very wealthy individuals, as well as the former Reagan and George W. Bush staffer. I mean, it's, it, it just shows uh, sort of how insidious uh, Milo and his brand of... of of horribleness um, is is everywhere and how it all sort of works. And wow, they got all these documents. Brie, um, you certainly wanted to discuss this and, and start it. So I am giving the floor to you.
1: Well, I want to give like a, a bit of a different summary of this piece. Uh, you know, it kind of starts with a, a wider question. How did the Republican Party become a bastion of white supremacy? How did that happen i mean it 's not so long ago that McCain was the nominee in two thousand and eight, and you know somebody came forward and said, "I heard Obama was a Muslim and he said, "No, no he 's not i mean' it's, it's and I realize there are parts of that that were problematic, but you know it 's not so long ago that like hardcore white supremacy was at least um Not welcome publicly in the Republican Party. How did we get there? This article is directly about how that happened. Uh, It goes into a lot of the funding of Breitbart, which is through the Mercer family. Um, And it kind of uh, it, it basically has a huge list of documents for Milo. Uh, basically his emails over the last few years, a lot of which have to do with Gamergate and people I know in Gamergate, and one of them had to do with the book I was involved in. But the really big takeaway from this is looking at how um, carefully and constructively um, Steve Bannon moved uh, the alt-right into white supremacy in the mainstream. So you get to see things like Milo writing pieces and literally going to huge white supremacist to like give them a line-by-line edit of his pieces on defining the alt-right. But it gets so much worse from there. And um, yeah, everybody should definitely read this piece. One of the, the things I wanted to touch on today is it has some really terrifying allegations in it uh, with frankly really well-known men in the tech press and the wider world, uh, they've been working with Milo this whole time. One of the most uh, shocking uh, allegations was uh, basically you had uh, David Arbach, who is a writer for Slate. This is uh, considered a mainstream guy that you know has been very distanced from GamerGate, like he's claimed to be, uh, and he's been feeding uh, you know, him a lot of stuff uh, along the way. But to me, the biggest blockbuster in this was finding out that uh, Broadly, Broadly is a part of the Vice brand, Broadly is one of the senior editors at Broadly, his name is Mitch Sunderland, has been working uh, with Milo and sending him some of the most sexist, Emails, like you could possibly imagine. A really good example is Lindy West uh, is a really known fat acceptance advocate, and you know he wrote Milo um, an email saying, "Hey, why don't you go after this fat feminist?" And like uh, linking to some stuff there. This is a top editor of broadly a feminist site. And, you know, uh, right now I'm going to tell you, uh, Mary Emily O'Hare, which is a woman I know that works at MSNBC, she, she sent me some allegations before the show saying that she was actually working uh, with Vice at the time. And when she came forward and said that she thought it was inappropriate that Mitch Sunderland be put uh, in charge of a women's uh, you know, advocacy site, he complained and got her fired from Vice, with that, um, so there's just a whole lot to unpack in this piece. Another thing is, um, uh, what is his name? Is it Dan Lyons? Uh, you know, this is a guy that uh is has been a very famous tech uh tech writer for a lot of years. Uh, he's consulted on HBO's Silicon Valley, which is a show about sexism. Um, and um, he's doing the exact same thing, like working in back channel with Milo to go after people. Questioning people's uh, gender identity and back channel, like women that I know, uh, in very inappropriate ways. And what is most terrifying to me about this piece is seeing men put forward their public face of, oh, I care about diversity, I care about women, and then in back channel with other men, uh, their attitude is like, hey, why don't you go after this fat feminist Um, That's what's really scary about this. And the last I'll say, and I'd, I'd love to get your input on this, Micah, something we have got to talk about is there is a really strong undercurrent of extreme sexism in the gay community. And that's just a fact. I used to a lot of years ago when I met someone who was gay, I assumed they were an ally automatically. And just because you love Britney Spears, like, you know, Mitch Sunderland does, uh, that doesn't make you an ally to women. And, you know, some of the most um, horrible, sexist, demeaning, even like, just extremely gross biological like statements about women i've heard have been from gay men and i think it's time for us to have a really serious talk about the, the misogyny that is i think it's very prevalent in that community like milo and mitch are certainly not the only ones you know you've got chad Moore uh wick over at uh the advocate i micah what do you think of this
0: I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I have known individuals personally who, uh, you know, w- w- identified as gay men and would say things about women and thought that it was an okay thing because they were gay men, and that sort of of mindset. And I mean, and it's I mean, it's not even just sexism. There's a lot. I, it's it's. It's pretty terrifying how much uh, I mean, and and they even talk about this in the article that Milo used the fact that he was a gay man as some sort of like pass in to to be able to be sexist and racist and all of these other things because of the fact that he was a gay man, then he could sort of slide under the the criticisms a little bit. And I see that happen, not just in, you know, these famous people, but in uh, everyday People as well, gay men who are uh, incredibly sexist and sort of feel like there's no, they you know they don't have to learn anything or they don't have to try and and uh, just be better because of the fact that they are gay men. And yeah, so I, I mean, I 100% agree with you, and I've seen it personally. Absolutely.
3: Mm. You know, it was it was uh, the horrifying thing is that you know that. This really is becoming something that I see more and more often in the States as being kind of accepted because of this. I think that people don't I think that people often blow this off as, "Oh, you know what? That's just these, you know few people that are doing this." But the reason that there's a whole bunch of really powerful people with very strong opinions that want to control media is that we really do. The more we see something, the more we become acclimatized to it. And so the unfortunate thing with people having a lot of, and I want to use the word power, but it's really just having a lot of media presence is it is so damaging to the way that we think and educate ourselves. And now it's really becoming something that is almost accepted. It's really frightening. A lot of Canadians are really frightened about traveling to the States now. A lot of people that I know, like we watch it in horror, like almost like it's it's something like that, like, you know, it happened in the 1940s and this could never happen again. Like haven't we learned these lessons already? And it's really scary to us. So I sit with the doctors and the other therapists in the lunchroom and we like stare at the news in the States and we're absolutely horrified and in shock that this could happen, that these many... People could speak such closed-minded, bigoted words with absolute impunity. And it's not absolute impunity. Some people do stand up and do say something, but it is not the level of outrage that there should be.
1: Well, there's only so much you can get outraged about Georgia. I mean, today you had the Sessions, like Attorney General, rescind uh, Title IX protections for transgender people, which means transgender people can be fired from their jobs now. I mean, and you know, you also had this huge, like, you know, uh, you know the Weinstein uh, sexual harassment allegations come forward. Like, there's only so much at time we can concentrate on. Um, I but I'd say with with Milo, something I think is really really relevant relevant is when I'm out there and I'm raising money, if you give me $20, I have to report that. You know, the Mercers and the, you know, the, the Koch brothers of the world, they are just pouring dark money into politics. Like, you know, there's there's no magic trick to Milo and how he got like such a big fan base. Like he's funded by millionaires, which fund him around campuses uh, to go there and cause a faux outrage, and you know, cost like, the city of Berkeley millions of dollars for you know events that he never even planned. You know, for me as a feminist, when I'm invited to speak at a, a university, you know, a faculty member like went to bat for you know to get like you know my three thousand dollar honorarium and to get. travel to go out there like they fought hard for that like they battled for that it's just a completely asymmetrical warfare here so to me this story is really more than anything else like yeah let's look at the media people that are really behaving inappropriately behind closed doors and guys i want you to know like the women around you are reading this and just feeling horror because we don't know how you talk about us like behind the scene. But even more than that, the story is like how um, the Mercers basically have funded this operation to basically bring Nazism into the mainstream here in the United States.
2: You, you see this, how it evolves over the past several years too. And it's like the old saying that, you know, you don't, you don't boil a frog by throwing into hot water. You put it into cold water and then start turning the heat up a little bit at a time. And you can see like where through the last several years, like they're turning down certain comments and they have to, they're, they're laying off the comments about Jews and then, and, and denying gas chamber jokes. And then it it gets more and more accepted as, you know, their, as their readership gets acclimated to it. And, you know, and you see Milo using his, is claiming Jewish ancestry to, as a cover too. meanwhile, he's using passwords that have references to the Holocaust in them. And, you know, it's just it's it's you know, it's just disgusting how they're able to just manipulate their their readership. And then by becoming part of the conversation, they manipulate the you know, the voter, the voter base at large by making these things just a little bit at a time more. You're not shocked by it the second time you see it and then they can push the envelope a little bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further until we are where we are today.
0: I was just going to note that the, you know, you talked about how you have to take note of everything whenever these, you know, whenever money comes in. The fact is when you're funding like media and the media is controlling so much of of the story and it's these these stories from Breitbart and other places that are, you know, getting picked up on Facebook and taken straight to the top of everybody's news feed – You don't have to report on that same sort of thing where, like, you can get away with giving so much money, pumping so much money into these organizations that control information in the United States and elsewhere. And that's what's so terrifying is, like, there's not that same sort of record. There's not that same sort of accountability there. And we've seen how the media uh, and everybody who is in the media is like, God, don't use that term. But uh, we've seen how that influences and how these social media networks influence everything and the the way that we approach all these conversations as well, and uh, to have the, these families just pouring so much money into it that way without that accountability is is honestly pretty uh, horrifying. And I'm just I'm glad that that, you know, this this piece was put together and we get to see I mean, seriously, Bree said it and I'll say it again, like, go read this piece, please go read this piece. And there are these really um, good images in here that are included that show how sort of these conversations take place and the way that that breaks down and where everybody sort of fits into this organization that has spread this and made, uh, the, the alt-right. So, uh, what it is basically.
3: Well, the thing is, is that you might think that it's just someone giving their opinions to it, but then you can actually read it yourself. You can read some of the messages yourself and make your own judgment from there, So this isn't just an opinion piece that someone's put
1: out there. No, this is this is a blockbuster investigative journalism piece, Georgia. Like they they link to the emails there; you can read them there exactly. Um, So I want to I want to give our listeners like. You know, I, I don't want to just give you guys opinion. Like can I give you guys like a history lesson of how like the Mercers and the Koch brothers sure. even happen to happen in mm-hmm. American history? So you've got the the robber barons, right? Like we think about the period of the robber barons with uh, you know the Carnegie's and you know, Pinkertons and that era of American history. So you have these people, they've amassed massive wealth. And they wanted to like revitalize their names, so what they wanted to do is they had so much money they they couldn't put it into anything so they they wanted to start putting together charitable trusts and you know i 'm in New York today, and you see a lot of the good that happened from these charitable trusts so basically, Congress at the time rescinded a lot of the laws around taxation. That said, um, okay, if you don't want to pay taxes on this money, well, you can put together these charitable trusts to do things like fund the opera in Manhattan or Boston, you know, or set up, um, you know, chair departments for universities. And what the right wing has done, what these billionaires like the Mercers and the Cokes have learned how to do is they will in lieu of like having their money taxed they will go say okay we're going to find far right libertarian chairs and donate like a chairship to Harvard uh for these really far right uh professors to like start teaching these departments so they're like influencing you know judges and clerks as they're coming through the the biggest schools in the nation and what has happened is these people have found out that they can like short circuit the ability to get taxed by dumping untold amount of money into our political system and you know i personally like something i think about as an engineer is I think about minor variables and major variables. What I believe is the biggest corruption of the American system is all of this dark money that's flowing into politics. Because like with me out there and I'm getting, you know, twenty seven dollars a pop donation trying for Congress, I can't compete with the Koch brothers when they can find someone like Milo and fund him like going all over the country and buy him a bus and you know assistance and everything. It's just a a asymmetrical level of warfare.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, so Brie, do you think anything is going to change as a result of this article?
1: Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, I want some people fired. Uh, you know, uh, the guy that works at broadly, you know, Mitch, he needs to go. Uh, it's amazing to me that a heads up about this article coming out. It's amazing to me that he's tweeting about Britney Spears as, uh, recently as a few hours ago. Right. um, he does not need to be leading uh, a section. David Arbach does not need to be working at Slate. Uh, Dan Lyons does not need to be working anywhere credible in the tech industry. And you know we have got to, as an industry, look at the way that we are enabling sexism and white supremacy. Because what is most terrifying about this article, Steve, is it's all the people they're deliberately like putting a public face out there, like "oh, I care about diversity," and then they're turning around and hiring their buddies. You know, um, it's really scary. So, I, I think there's a really large reckoning that needs to come uh, in media land from this.
0: I hope I hope that it happens. I mean, is there anything uh, actionable that? you know, individuals can do to sort of uh, make that more of a factor? Or is this just something that's going to have to come from those those individual uh, outlets, do you think?
1: No, you need to tweet broadly and tell them how inappropriate you think it is that this man is being hired for the senior editorship over women. I mean, you need to let them know. You need to hold them accountable. You need to tell Slate to not work with David Arbach. And you know, more than anything else, like, I, I have to say, like, I am trying to run for Congress to very deliberately fight these forces. And, yeah, this is a point where people have got to get skin in the game. So you've got to either run for office yourself or donate money or time to someone that is. Because, like, it's not enough for us to go on the show and complain about this. Like, we've got to take direct action.
3: Yeah, or nothing
1: will change. Nope.
3: I hope so. I really do. I, I um... I think that a lot of people probably feel similar to me and and are just disheartened by um, things that shouldn't happen that are being allowed to happen and really um, carrying on with impunity.
0: Yep. All right. Well, um, we wanted to round out the conversation today (laughs) with a discussion about... Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. Oh, this is so much happier.
3: Okay. Yay.
0: <laughs> CBS's new Star Trek oh. show has uh, hit the airwaves, and uh, I think it's what, three episodes out? Yes, three episodes out. Three episodes out. So episodes far, out. Um, have wa- I think I know that uh, Bree, Georgia, and I have watched them. I don't know if all three of us have watched all three episodes. Um, Steve will have to nod along with That's us. That's fine. As we I'll, I'll, the show. I'll just pretend on you <laughs> while we're talking
2: about video games. It's all good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a lesson in empathy no uh so yeah i mean it's here i'm so i've i am so i i could not wait for that first episode to hit i was out of town so like i drove back with just a little bit more pep in my step so i could get back and watch the show with my pups and uh we all enjoyed it i enjoyed it the most they were just there because i had treats but um <laughs> i'm curious to hear what what everybody thinks brie does this come close to your love of voyager yet
1: Okay, so I mean, I I want to know how you feel about this, Micah. Like, my first tendency in starting the show is, you know, obviously I want to gush about the diversity because it does have like one of the most breakthrough like women and black women characters in Star Trek history. Something I've been thinking a lot with this, and I'd love your input with this. Is I don't want to like, put this woman's performance in a box where the main thing we're thinking about it is, like, uh, you know, her gender and her race, which it's it's mm-hmm. obviously very, very important. But what is so important to me about this character is how, what a breakthrough she is. Like, every scene she's in, I'm there with her in her emotional journey. And it seems to me that white men are allowed to like go out there and do their thing and no one like brings that dynamic into it and like star trek discovery is so good i'm really kind of hesitant to bring that dynamic into it does that make sense to you
0: yeah so let me say this i i think you know it does it certainly plays an important role and it's worth celebrating but i agree that you know as, as we see more progress in inclusivity and things like that, um, it's important to look at just the success of the individual as the individual. Um, what I want to say, but I really like I don't want to be the only one uh, talking here. The one thing that I want to say about this is I was not expecting uh, just how much I was going to be able to identify with this character Um, I, as, as many people know, am a, uh, mixed of mixed race. I, my mom is white. My dad is black. Um, and I grew up with my mom and her family, the, the white, uh, my white family. And it wasn't until a little bit later that I, uh, met my father and, and started to, uh, know that side of my family. And, um, basically I was, Sort of, you know, if through, going through school, I was like sort of an outcast. Uh, I was not, the, the quote is like not black enough. And also, I found myself to not be, to not be quote unquote, white enough. I I didn't fit into either groups. And there are always, you know, the stigmas there. Um, this character obviously is black. And on top of that, she is a human raised by Vulcans. And all of these things just sort of like came together as I was watching this show and like identifying so much with with just sort of having to um, understand who you are and be who you are and try to be honest with who you are and then also uh, fit into these different groups. And almost always feeling like you never truly fit in. Um, so this character is like a groundbreaking character for me personally, not just because she's black, but because of all of these other experiences that came together and that's like, I agree, like we don't want to just make it, okay, so, you know, we, we have this woman playing this role, that in and of itself is a celebration to have, that she's black as a celebration, but yes, Brie, she is just an incredible character and knowing this, this little wrinkle about her, a human raised by Vulcans and how that informs every decision she makes is it and the way that she plays this character it's just so this is a this it's very 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 good on more than just like a celebration of inclusivity level.
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay. What do you think, George? Uh, I, yeah, I'll, go ahead. Uh,
3: I'll just take the rest of the show now. Okay, guys, it's going to be an hour and a half longer. Just cut the show now. Um, I so I wasn't that excited to watch it, because I've, I've been kind of, like, I thought, and I'm sorry, Bree, but I thought that um, Next Generation was good-ish, most, like, some great episodes, but some were like, they were okay, they were kind of like filler episodes. A deep Space one I really enjoyed, but sometimes they were overdoing it, and they were underdoing it, and it was like, eh, and the stories were kind of like lackluster in some places, and some were really, really great. A lot of Voyager I liked, but then there were some characters and something I was like, ah, wishy-washy, kind of Bleh, didn't really get as attached to it. Um, and so I liked them all, but they never captured the same feel to me um, as the original Star Trek. And... That this show is not just for Star Trek fans. If you, it, it has an aliens feel to it, and it's suspense and drama and thriller, sci-fi all wrapped in one. You know, the the main character is female, but it's not played like overplayed that she's female because she's female. It's like just all of the characters are well thought out, well brought through. They understand why they're doing what they're doing, and I. I love that. It's like they all understand their backstory and so they can really give you these rich characters. And even the villains, the bad guys, I won't even say villains because they're just bad guys. they have reasonings for why they're doing it, which you could understand. And I found that also really fascinating that we got into why they do what they do. And then if you're a Star Trek fan, you have all of these throwbacks. like I won't I won't want to say any like spoilers, but like there was parts where I was like, oh my God yes, that makes so much sense. And look at that over there. And I was just so excited. I cheered, I got up, I, you know, I, it was just, it was lovely. I love this show.
0: Uh, the one thing that I wanted to note, um, I saw some individuals tweeting about this. Uh, they introduce a character that folks are speculating uh, based on the fact that this individual exhibits some traits that are typically associated with autistic individuals. Um, that they may have introduced an autistic character on the show. Um, that I think you, we only we only saw most of this I think in the in the third episode, and I'm not going to get into it, but. Um, historically, uh, just based on like recent, uh, fiction, it's never been handled well. And, um, one of my best friends is autistic and also loves Star Trek. And she and I have sort of been con- conversing about this and, and just, I, I just, I hope that that is something that gets, uh, handled well so far the character. And, you know, again, this is, this is just based on, on, you know, complete, what they might think might be a later thing that exists. This character, just like any other character is just a character in the show. There's no sort of like, Hey, now we have again, like the black character on the show. There's nothing like that about this character. This character exists on their own and is, you know, uh, doing the job that they're assigned to do. And is just sort of another character to have on the show. So, um, again, something that I'm sort of watching closely and hoping uh, is something that's handled well, as well as the the friend. Um, so yeah, that's something that we'll see. But uh, I, the, the interesting thing about this to me, and I'm curious to hear your, your two takes on this is like, I think Deep Space Nine of, well, I guess probably Enterprise, but who remembers most of that? Um, Deep Space Nine had the most sort of theatrical feel at times but even still most of the time it looked sort of like it was filmed in a studio um this show feels theatrical like through and through and is this sort of uh every episode is just like beautiful and and the the light leaks and the lens flares and the I can't remember what it's called Joe Steele would be upset with me but like the crooked camera uh framing and, and all of these different things that sort of give that feel that you're watching a movie as you're watching this, Mm -hmm. I think has been interesting and almost like that's the one thing about it. That's a little, I wouldn't call it unsettling, but it's sort of it, it, maybe takes me out a little bit or something. I'm so used to watching when I watch Star Trek, I, you know, it, it feels more comfortable because it's like, it's in this, this more recognizable just sort of space. And this feels so foreign and distant. You know what I mean? Like the way that the, the, the thing is filmed that you, f- I, I feel more of a distance, I guess, from these characters and from this experience than I ever did from the other Star Trek shows. I'm curious if either of you experienced that or if you like the new theatrical look with the lens flares and things.
1: Well, I want to say I didn't read her as not neurotypical myself. Uh, I did read her as somebody that very clearly has acne under her makeup, which I thought was very relatable. Uh, she's also not a size six uh, you know like she's um, she's kind of bubbly and talks too much and uh, is just a really cool archetype I've never seen before uh, I really really liked her character instantly um, yeah I agree with you about the cinematography it's a little over the top but I love it like this is the most gorgeous Star Trek show they've ever produced uh, I haven't heard anybody talking about the uh, the captain of the Discovery uh, mm-hmm. you know Wait, what is his name, Georgia? Do you know offhand? I, I forget what his name is. I, and I don't want to tell too many people
3: um, too much about, like, just in case, because the this, this story follows such amazing arcs yeah. so quickly. Do you that mean in if real you, life or
0: do you, you mean in the well, show? Well, it's
3: just if you have not already watched it, maybe, like, stop talking. like Like, don't listen to this part because we'll be giving you some stuff that's going to let you know what's kind of going to happen as the show goes on.
2: Um, usually we have chapters in the episode, so you can, you can skip forward to, you know, the next segment if you don't want to hear it.
0: It's Captain Lorca in the show. The the actress name is Jason Isaacs.
1: So, right. Captain Lorca. What I like about him is, you know, I really like watching the first two episodes of it. I'm like Michelle Yeoh and, um, you know, like she's, she's amazing. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, what I loved about the captain, the discovery is he really is like a Jack Bauer of starship captains. He's an archetype I've never seen before. Yeah. You know, we've seen like stickler for the rules. We've seen, you know, evil dude with too much power. You know, we've seen, uh, you know, guy that wants to get it on with anything with more chromosomes than a chicken. You know, we've seen like, <laughs> we've seen diplomat, <laughs> uh, you know, like we've I'm Which sorry, one's dude. Evil
0: dude with too much power? Uh,
1: what well, would be like uh, uh, Admiral Dougherty from uh, oh, okay, you know, Star Trek okay. Insurrection? So, what I loved about this guy is he's 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 Roman dark
3: then a chicken. I, that that's what Kirk would do. Was, he would frack anything. That has to be the name. That has to be chicken. the episode name. I'm just saying. So, okay, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's what Kirk did. Anyway, what I like about this captain is he's, he's not a bad guy. He's kind of portrayed as one, but he's not. He's somebody that's really willing to do unorthodox things to get the mission done. And that's what I like. I can't stand people that are so self-involved with themselves that their life is all about their comfort. And I like this guy because he's willing to get outside his comfort zone and accomplish a mission that's bigger than him. And that's something I really respect. So I'm I'm on board with Discovery.
3: Yeah. I, I like the fact that I think that there's going to be a lot of gray in the show, and there's not going to be. I think that the, the thing that I did not – Um, take to as much with Next Generation is that it was very black and white. There was really good Mm -hmm. and bad. There was very few episodes where anyone had to make a truly difficult decision unless the episode was like, you know, a hologram and you had to make a really difficult decision. (laughs) And then it wasn't really real. It's like the dream thing. Everyone wakes up and it's all okay after that. Uh, So there was very little gray. I think that this show is going to have a lot of gray. I think that the captain is going to be less of just always doing the right thing. I think that he's going to be doing things that might be questionable and that people are all going to have to kind of decide where do they lie and where does their morality lie and where, what is right and wrong and do the ends justify the means and what is, um, you know, just versus what is, um, you know, empathy. And, and that's going to be, I think, fascinating to be able to look at. So yeah, he seems like a little bit much more gray than, um, most of the captains that were on the yep. other Star, star Trek. So Love it.
0: I like it, Love too. Love it. And when we're in this post-Roddenberry world, too, because, uh, I mean, people who are Trekkies know, of course, but some people might not. Like, one of the main things what that was a rule in those early, uh, those early shows is that the... Like Starfleet, none of them were allowed to have interpersonal conflicts. It was only conflicts with other forces. They weren't mm-hmm. allowed to write. The writers were not allowed to have uh, to write in conflicts between betwixt the crew, and so that really Except does for, limit the like, storytelling. That doesn't make sense <clears throat> there, there was all, all kinds, stock, yeah, volumes, fights
1: all the that, time. Yeah, There's the,
0: it's called the Roddenberry rule or something like that, um, and it, basically, it was like. Yeah, you can't have interpersonal conflicts between uh, the. Let's I, anyway. Yes, the, I guess there are like several rules even, but the the point is that in this new show. Um, this, the, this rule does not exist anymore. Yeah, here it is. Uh, the, it's called Roddenberry's golden or cardinal rule. And uh, these characters, it's, it's sorry, it's that they weren't allowed to be shown in a negative light. So now right. these characters that the Starfleet characters can be shown in a narrative light, or I mean, in a uh, negative light. And we uh, see some of that won't say what, but we see, well, I guess we see plenty of that. So anyway, that, uh, yeah, that's interesting that now there's more stories that can be told.
1: Okay. Yeah. So this is a great show. Uh, I've no doubt it's going to be my favorite star Trek ever made. Um, like bring it on
3: too. I think so too. I hope they keep the writing up because that writing is also really high quality writing. Yep. Um, So I'm, I'm so excited. If you haven't seen it, even if you're not a Trekkie, I would say watch the first episode. If you don't like the first episode, the show isn't for you because the first episode has like really just grabs you and, uh,
1: yeah. The it's, third episode has less Klingons. I got to say, so if you're <laughs> turned off by all the Klingons, uh, either, yep, Yeah. Even the
3: opening. Did you get captured by that opening? Am I Dead. the only one that was like that nope. opening? I'm like, what is this? Oh nope. my God. Yes, definitely but, not but maybe yet. It was very movie for Micah. Maybe that was too
0: theatrical. It was, uh, it, it took me a minute to sort of get into it for sure. I was like, Am I watching movie? is this gonna be like three hours? What is going on here? <laughs> um, but yeah, once I once I got into it, I was hooked. It's just like, you know, when you've there are certain expectations that you go into and then whenever those expectations are broken, you have to reorient yourself there for a second Or your brain goes, this is different. Cognitive dissonance. I hate it all. It can't, it doesn't agree with me. Ah, I'm going to tweet about it, but I didn't listen to that. You know, uh, that small part of my brain that was like, difference is bad. And I stuck with it and it's fantastic. Uh, okay. Well, we have uh, probably hit an hour. Um, if you would like to get in touch, uh, we have a voicemail waiting for us. We're going to have some more, hopefully, from all of you. So get those in so we can answer your questions. You can call us at 508-418-3532. That'll, of course, be in the notes, so you can check that out there. Or you can tweet at us with the hashtag DisruptMe. That's, uh, our Twitter account is underscore DisruptionFM. Or send us a direct message if you'd rather keep things private. As always, please let us know if we can use your name on the show. We will default to anonymous. Uh, if you're looking for the show notes, you can find those in that app you're listening to right now, that podcast. Uh, it's relay.fm slash disruption if you'd rather go to the web. If you're looking for me online, you can find me at Micah Sargent on Twitter or at chihuahua.coffee online. Steve, if people are looking for you, my friend, where can they find
2: you? Uh, well, so if you want to hear uh, my thoughts and strategy tips about Hearthstone, you can go listen to uh, my solo cast off Curve that I record on my way home from the train station, and hopefully I'll be able to uh, to get a cat pillow to help me prep-, prep for that show even more without people sitting next to me. And uh, if you just want to see what I'm talking about on Twitter as normal, you can go follow me at Good.
0: Excellent. Brie, if people are looking for you online, where can they find you?
1: Uh, if you want to support my campaign, uh, which you definitely should do, please go to uh, com, and you can follow me on Twitter under SpaceCatGal, where uh, we're having nonstop coverage of all the implications of the difficult story we're talking about uh, right now and going after Dan Lyons. So.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Yep. <laughs> And welcome back to the show this week. Georgia Dow, if people are looking for you, I let them know last week where they could find you. But let us know this week.
3: You can still find me uh, if you're dealing with anxiety or depression. You can check out anxiety-videos.com. And I'm on Twitter. It's at Georgia underscore Dow.
1: Georgia. Now, before we end the show, we're gonna get you that Twitter account, Georgia Dow. <laughs> right? What is the? the what is? Person. Hold on, I gotta look at this. The what is? Person. We can all put in
0: our like cash in our our uh, good graces with uh, yeah. Jack.
2: I don't think Jack has good graces with anybody right now.
1: No, okay, wait. What's up with this woman? It's still about Justin Bieber. That's the last tweet that this person said. I'm I'm done. You were Georgia, you've gotta get verified. I mean, A. (laughs) A. But B, this is crap.
3: (laughs) I I know, I know. 2013. They've, I know. 2013.
0: Yeah. Four I, know. Years ago. I, I Get mean, no, off in fairness, my I'm sure that's a
2: verification. People would go listen to the show and say, well, "There's no way we're verifying that woman. That's not happening ever."
0: <laughs> more, more than four years ago, this person tweeted about, "I'm a bumper like a believer, but better." Justin Bieber, please pick me.
3: And their pictures are all with them. And wait a minute. Did you say you like Justin like for Bieber, forever.
2: Georgia? I'm starting to. I'm starting to put to connect the dots. <laughs>
3: and i've had to abandon did i have to abandon the account because of this because i can't have anyone Justin know Bieber the truth
0: fan account i oh couldn't let anyone God. know the truth this is I, you had to like ditch it before you could yeah I, I, that might be true <laughs> oh my goodness well uh, wow. n- normally this is where i would ask steve to do that thing he does every week but since we did an intro we have to do an outro so thank you all for joining us this week everybody join hands Bow your heads, what? close your eyes. Is this is church. All of you out there. And smile. And then go pick up PDF Pin Family from SMILE. And make sure to use that offer code disruption by going to smilesoftware.com/slash podcast so you can give us all the monies. Bye. Love ya. Go get a half cat.
2: <laughs>
0: yes. I'll take a half cat mochaccino. Oh. <laughs>